0: I'm going to jump right in this morning. I'm so excited to speak to you. Thank you to be speaking to you today. And if you're taking notes, and I hope you are because I believe God wants to speak to you today, not because I've got incredible things to say, but God is a God of revelation. And I believe he brings that revelation to life time and time again. So I hope you have something to take notes. If you didn't, uh, steal something from the person beside you. If there's nobody beside you, take something from the seat in front of you. If not, write on your hand and don't wash it till you can write it down, okay? But be prepared. How many of you guys want God to speak to you? Then we need to be prepared to listen. And I believe when we want God to speak, we need to be prepared to listen, take notes and write down what it is that he's gonna speak so that we don't forget it later. If you're taking notes, uh, I'm talking to you today about faith and hope. You know, 1 Corinthians 13.13 says says this, abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, right? How many of you guys think we talk a lot in the, the world, in church, about loving our neighbor, about what it means to love and truly understand the love of God? And I think that's something we still have a long way to go in understanding, but I do think it's a topic we discuss quite a bit, but I think we often skip over faith and hope. Because a lot of times, anybody else, like you hear faith and hope, and you kind of think, like, it's kind of like the same thing. Anybody else? They're real similar. They go hand in hand, but they're not the same. And I want to break that down a little bit for you today. I was looking up. I found an interesting definition I'll give you in the beginning. It says, faith is grounded in the reality of the past, where hope is looking to the reality of the future. I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective on it. Uh, I kind of look at it like this myself. If Jesus is the hope of the world, our faith in action is the bridge to make that introduction. Does that make sense? When we engage our faith, when we live on a practical level, engaging our faith in every aspect, in every realm of life, it begins to awaken the world around us to the hope of Jesus Christ for their situation. Can God show up in the middle of any situation and circumstance? Absolutely. But the beauty is he chooses to use us in the process. The beauty of it is he wants you to be a part of the process, so he allows us to be used and to use our faults and our failures to begin to shed light and bring hope in some of those situations. Our faith in action reveals hope to the world. Let me put it in a practical way. Can I tell you a story? See, I remember when I was probably 11 years old, I went with some friends and we were going to go rappelling. Anybody ever been rappelling? It's terrifying. All right? It was terrifying. We went rappelling. We get on this 60-foot cliff, and this guy that was taking us, he was one of our leaders, he was a big old dude, and he gets there, he finds the biggest tree on the top of this cliff, and he throws his rope around it, hooks it up, puts his harness on, and him and his, I think it was his brother, I don't remember, the other guy that was there, and they're like, okay, here's what you do, and they showed us all the stuff, and then this dude just clips onto the rope and just like, all right, down the Down the cliff he went, and we were all like, Superman. Like, I remember just sitting there thinking like, like he didn't even look. He was still talking and just like Do you know why he was able to be having a conversation this direction and not even think about what he was doing and do something that I would look at and say, you literally just put your life on the, like, that's terrifying. He had done it before. He had faith in the process. He had faith in the rope. He knew how to do it because he had done it before. See, the beauty of faith is faith mature breeds confidence. How many of you in this room came in today and you just sat down in your chair? Nobody came in and was like, yep, all four legs. Good, not shaky, right? You just came out and sat. Why? Because it looks like a sturdy chair. I've sat in a chair before and it holds me. Now, anybody ever seen like you go to set in an old hammock and it doesn't go quite like that? Right? It's like, mm. you kind of lean. Nope, I'm good. Okay. Then you do the full sit and you wait. Like, no, nope, didn't break. Then you turn, right? What are you doing? You're testing out because you're not entirely sure if it's going to hold you. See, a lot of times I think we begin to get frustrated with ourselves because I have doubt about what I'm doing, and God, can, God, I need you to move in this area of my life. Oh, God, is that really going to work out the way that I want it to work out? You with me? Doubt doesn't stop God from moving unless you stop acting with him. You follow me? See, a lot of times I think we find ourselves in this place where if I'm too afraid to sit in the chair, then my doubt stopped me from moving forward. Are you with me? But even if I'm nervous to sit in the chair, as long as I still sit, I acted in faith. See, I think a lot of times we miss that in our own life. There's so many things in our life that, man, we just question how it's going, and we get so frustrated because, man, I have doubt. What if I question this, and am I a horrible person because I I questioned God? Can we all be real for a moment? How many of you in this room have faced situations in your life, and you're like, dear God, I really hope you come through, but, man, I don't see how that's going to work. Let's be real. Yes, absolutely we've had that way. Did we stop and say, God, God, you can't do it? See, there my doubt overcame. But it was like, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to have to do something because I'm moving forward. I'm still operating in faith. I'm wrestling with the doubt of my flesh, but I'm operating in faith. See, I want to go back to that story because I watched him jump down that rope and he, then the other guy turns like, okay, you're up, here you go. Hooks me onto that rope. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, oh, it's fine. Just walk to the edge. <laughs> no. I was terrified. And I get to the edge. I remember standing there. I remember, I mean, I was like 11, maybe even a little younger. I remember standing, looking at this 60 foot drop thinking I'm going to die right here. I mean, that dude had about 150 pounds on me. He was a lot bigger than me. I mean, he made it. Maybe I can. Can I be honest with you? If I hadn't seen someone bigger than me go before me, I would have never had the confidence to go on my own. Some of you guys need to hear that again. If somebody, I didn't see someone bigger than me go before me, I would have never had the confidence to go on my own. That's why I'm saying our faith is the bridge to bring hope to the world because when they see God did it in your life, maybe he can actually do it in mine. It's a lot different than saying, yeah, God can save you. He can help with your marriage. He can help with your depression. He can help with your anger. He can help with the suicidal thoughts that you're dealing with. It's one thing to tell someone that. It's another thing to tell their story of how you overcame it through the help of Jesus. And your faith empowers them to take a step to go further. Are you with me? We need to be that bridge to build the gap that helps. I remember standing there being terrified, and finally, I was like, okay. I turned around backwards. He's like, all right, step back. And I was like, dear Lord, dear Lord, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I took probably five steps down. My eyes were shut. I was clamped onto that rope as tight as I could possibly get. And I remember hearing the guy from the bottom, let go of the rope. No. So he like pulls me out. I'm not kidding you. This dude like pulls me. If you've been rappelling, you know, there's a dude at the bottom. They like help kind of keep you where you're supposed to be, right? He pulls me out, so I'm dangling. He's like, let go of the rope. He would not let me back until I let go of the rope. Good friend. Finally, I'm like, okay, fine. He brings me back. Let's go. The, and he tells me, let go of the rope. Put both hands behind your head. Like, Am I getting arrested or am I repelling? What is going on? What are you talking about? So it's like, put both hands. So I'm on the side of this cliff. Both hands. I'm like, okay. Like, hanging out. Can I go now? Because I don't want to die. Like, I'm just imagining, like, this is, this is my pose. I'm going to go right here. Both hands are going to lock it. That's it. At least I went comfy. Right. But I get in this relaxed position. Right. And he's like, see, look, you can be confident in the rope. I'm like, OK, can I put my hands down now? Grab the rope and we repel into the, the story. But this is what I wanted you to understand. There may be times where you may absolutely feel like, God, I don't know if you're going to come through, but if you can lay back and rest in him. Even in the middle of what may be absolutely terrifying when you look at it in the natural, there's something supernatural that's at work. See, God wants to unlock something. Hebrews 11.1 says this, faith is the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of what we cannot see. See, our faith has to engage in another level to begin to transform the world around us. How many of you turn on the news, look on your social media, And it's like, man, our world is abounding in hope right now. That's not what I see. But when I open the word of God, I see an abundance of hope. We've got to bridge that gap for the world that we live in. Yeah, things may look bad out here, but we have a Savior that brings hope. We have a Savior who's our healer. He's our provider. I know that We've got unemployment at an all-time high since the Great Depression, but we've got a God who's a provider. Well, I know people are terrified with all of the COVID things that are going on, but we've got a God who can calm your fears. But I know, well, what about the government? What about our elections? And what about, you know, we've got a God who all of those things rest in his hand. I don't care what we're facing. I don't... Don't get me wrong, we've got a responsibility as Christians. But our responsibility as Christians is not to be led by fear and not to be overwhelmed with arrogance, but to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. So that we're not led by our emotions, but we're led by the Spirit of God and the power of God in our life that allows us to know when and where and what to do. It releases something on another level of who we are. We live in a world that needs hope. Would you agree with that? How do we make that connection? I can tell you one way, and I just share this because I think it's important that we know. There's so many things going on in our world. I mentioned just a few a minute ago, but what about the people who look at their marriages that are crumbling and they need Hope. People that are battling depression right now, and they they need hope. People that are battling illness or sickness, and they need hope. They need to see Christians rise up in faith and put their faith in action to bring a reality that there is a Savior who can hope, who can bring help. See, we had the opportunity. Most of you in the room, actually I would say almost everyone in the room has no idea How many of you celebrated Thanksgiving over this last week? And we had such a wonderful time, whether you did it in person or virtually. I know I saw pictures of people doing a million different expressions of Thanksgiving. It's not about the meal. It's about the relationship. And however we were able to mend that and connect that. But this is the thing. In the midst of that, there was a family that we were able to help. In the midst of that, there was a family who... Actually, it was in an abusive situation, and a lot of things crazy were going on, and our church actually was able to help them over the holidays to rescue a family from an abusive home, a mom and three kids, to be able to get them out of that situation so they were able to be in a safe area and environment. Are you with me? See, a lot of times we think, oh, man, it's the holidays. This is the time to be excited, and there is a lot of that. But do you realize it's also the time where a lot of people need hope on another level? Highest suicide, highest depression rates happen over the holidays because, let's be honest, there's a lot of great things about the holiday, but I don't care how good your family is, there's still somebody at that table you didn't want to see. Just saying. (laughs) Let's be honest. Every family has issues. We were able to help. Why? And I want you to hear me because I think we've missed this a lot because a lot of times we sit back and it's like, man, here's an idea. Here's a need. Here's something we need in our world. The church needs to solve that. No, we need to solve that. We've relinquished our faith in action to the church to be programmed out to meet these needs. But you were just talking about how the church was able to help meet this need. Yeah, this church was. You want to know why the church was able to meet that need? Because there was an idea that produced a safe house that we were able to get because there was an idea that came to pass. You want to know something amazing about this safe house that we got? As an organization, we got a safe house. It's phenomenal. Then we had to fill it. You know how we filled it? We begin to send messages and put stuff out and says, hey, we need help. Here's what we're doing. We didn't just go purchase and buy everything that was in there. People said, hey, I have a heart for this. I want to give. In fact, there was one lady that said, hey, I have a heart for what's going on. I'm going to donate this, and I'm going to make a post. And I just want you to know, one individual donated one item, but was so moved by the cause that she created a post that furnished more than half of the safe house. Your platform." isn't a stage. Your platform is the people that are around you, and when we put our faith into action, it begins to bridge the gap between the hope and help that is in Jesus and a hurting world that's around us, because all of a sudden, we've engaged ourselves in another level that begins to transform people's lives. Through that same connection, there was a car that was donated. We're able to help give that and be a blessing To someone who needs it, whose car isn't working and running, and we're able to be a huge blessing to someone. Not because as the church we got together and said, this is something we need to do. No, but because somebody's heart was moved and they gave what they had. And it was able to meet a need. See, this is the thing. When we begin as Christians to engage our faith on a practical level, I believe. We've done it backwards for a long time. We see a need and it's like the church needs to meet that need and I'll jump in and help when that time comes. No, we need to see a need and be moved with compassion, engage our faith and begin to let that grow and multiply. And once that gets bigger than we can handle, then we look to the church that's a part and say, hey, community group, can you help me? Because this was something that was in my heart. It's grown beyond me. Community group. This is something that's gone beyond me. Church, can you help be a part of this? And ministry begins to grow, not out of the programming of an organization, but out of the hearts of the people. And it's our faith in action that brings hope and help into the lives of people all around us. James 2.18 says this, but some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I want to be really clear. You can't earn your way into heaven, but once you have a relationship with Jesus, you have an obligation To be faithful with what he's given. That's with your time. That's with your finances. See, here's the beautiful thing. Even with what I said about this safe house, we had so many people come together and purchase all of these big items. And then we got a call that said, hey, can this be available in like two days? Because we've got a situation unfolding. And because of the faithfulness in our tithes and offerings, the faithfulness of this church, we were able to say, look, Let's just go purchase all the small things that we need so that they can be complete and be ready for a family. Are you with me? That's the partnership that makes this work. That's the partnership that is the church where I'm able to move in my passion and be able to make something happen. And our faithfulness together is able to bring a completion to the work of God to begin to transform the world around us. We have a world that needs hope, in my opinion, like never before. And we have a church that's positioned to introduce the world to that hope, but it requires us putting our faith into action. It requires us to step outside of ourselves. Matthew seventeen twenty. He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. See, I hear us quote that a lot and talk about, man, we can move mountains and let's pray and believe, and God can move this and move that, and he can transform everything about our life. But did you catch the beginning of that? Because I think we overlook that a lot. He replied, because you have so little faith. Anybody ever felt like your situation required more faith than you possessed? Can we be honest? You ever looked at a situation and thought, God, I don't know that I got enough faith to make it through this one. I love it. Faith of a mustard seed. I was real curious because I, I, mean, I don't know much about mustard seeds. I'm not even a real big mustard fan, just saying. Right? So basically, it's a sesame seed on top of a bun. Anybody ever been to a restaurant and you got a bun covered with sesame seeds, right? Pick one. That's it. That's about the same size as a mustard seed. If you have faith that big, you can say to the mountain, move, and it'll be moved, It cast into the sea. Think about that. This is the beauty of a mustard seed, something that small. When you plant a mustard seed, it produces a plant that can grow between 16 to 20 feet with thousands more seeds in it. See, this is the beauty. When we engage our faith, it produces the opportunity to engage our faith on another level, and it continues to produce. It continues to produce. You want to build the faith of people around you? Then put your faith into action. But I don't know. I don't know God, How is God's going to work in this situation. Just trust him. But I'm terrified of what I'm looking at. Just put a little bit of faith in it. But I don't, I don't know. But it's the holidays. I mean, how am I supposed to do all of the things that are in my heart to do and still pay bill? I mean, life's still got to go on. What's God put in your heart for you to do and be faithful? Let God do the rest. What is it that God's moving you to act on? What is the dream that is in your heart that will transform your world the moment it becomes unlocked? I just want to tell you, there is someone who is in desperate need of hope right now, in the dream that's in your heart is the very key to bringing that hope into their life. Whose life will be better when we begin to engage our faith on another level? Whose life will be forever changed? See, I mentioned earlier, you know, we start talking about Corona and all the things going on and unemployment where it's at and all of this stuff, and you know the truth of it. I can look at those situations and I can look at the faithfulness of God And say, there's no no reason in a time where things are so difficult for so many people that someone just gives us a car to meet a need. There's no reason in a time where so many people, like, it doesn't make sense. This isn't out of my abundance. This is out of God's provision because of our faithfulness. What is it that's going to be unlocked on an entirely another level? See, this is the thing. Doubt becomes the platform for faith to take action. I think a lot of times we lose sight of that, that mustard seed faith. But God, I don't know if if this can happen. Doubt is the platform for faith to take action. Just continue to walk. Continue to step. You don't have to, have, you don't have to be able to reach the end goal. You just got to be able to take one more step. How many of you have ever looked at your situation and think, man, this is unclimbable? But can you take one more step? That's all you've got to be able to do. If you can take one more step, then you move forward. You move closer to where God's called you to do, and then God will give you the faith to move another and another and another. And it goes back to what I started at the very beginning. The reason you didn't check your chair before you sat down is because you sat in a chair so many times before you never even questioned it when you came to it. If you have faith of a mustard seed, the first time you come to it, you may be real hesitant, but the more you see God do it, the more confident you become in your ability. The more confident you become in God's faithfulness. Can I... Can I tell you a secret? See, we hear that a lot of times. It's like, man, if I engage my faith, you mean things get easier? I mean that thing will get easier. Yes, now I have more faith to do more things, but what about when a different problem comes in a different direction? I have faith because I know God was faithful here to know he's going to be faithful here. It produces the opportunity. That's the beauty of the mustard seed. It produces this massive plant from that seed. And then it produces more seeds for more opportunities for that to grow. See, when you engage your faith on another level, it produces the opportunity for you to engage with God on another level. Last verse I have for you. Psalms 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. See, here's the thing about faith. It requires you to take action. You can say you have faith all day long, but if you're not willing to put the action, do you really have the faith? Let me put it like this. You ever been with somebody and they're like, here, eat this pepper? it's not that hot, then you eat it. Mm -mm, No, you first. I got faith in you, but if you won't eat it, I don't have that much faith in you. Why? Because you're probably lying to me. Are you with me? If you're not willing to put into practice what you're saying, I question the level of faith that is actually there in the comment that you made. Are you with me? Well, I live by faith. Are you willing to? You willing to step outside of your comfort zone and really live by faith and allow God to move in the place that you don't think He can move? Well, I'm believing God to help me with my temper. I punched 38 holes in the wall yesterday. Great. Tomorrow only punch 37. Hear me. It's progress. Well, if I'm believing God's going to take care of it, but I'm not going to do anything to help stop it. Then I really don't have faith that God's going to solve it. I'm just hoping God takes it away. I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible, there's very few places I've ever found where God simply removes an obstacle. He sure will protect you and help you get through it. I can find a lot of those. But I don't see many. In fact, I don't see any that are, you know what, it'll just be gone tomorrow. It's a process. It takes work. It takes taking a step. And if you're not willing to take a step and engage your faith, then I question if you really have faith that that's going to happen. I know that sounds harsh. But just because it sounds harsh doesn't mean it's not true. See, for us to really be like Jesus, we need to bring truth with love. See, if I just love you, but I'm not willing to tell you the truth, I don't really love you, do I? Because I'm not willing to tell you the truth, the hard conversations. But if all I want to do is have the hard conversation, I'm really just picking on you. But if I can have the hard conversation because I love you and I want to see something change and move forward in your life, then we can go there together because I'm willing to help you get there. It's how we come together as family. You don't get frustrated When you're out with family and they're like, hey, your zipper's down, right? You don't get frustrated about that. You're grateful. Why? Because it saves embarrassment. See, a lot of times, well, don't don't tell me what I don't want to hear. The problem is a lot of us are walking around living in the embarrassment of our life because we don't want to hear the help of the people that God surrounded us with. Engage your faith on another level. Do it in a way that's loving. Do it in a way that's kind. Abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We need to be led by love in each and every one of those things, but we need to bring hope to a desperate world that's around us, and we need to engage our faith on another level so that they can actually see the help and the hope of God released in the world around them. You can't be confident in a faith that you haven't been given to. I'll close here. The band can go ahead and start coming back up. You can't be confident in a faith you've never been given to. Here's what I mean. For me to know that a car drives well, I've got to get in it and I've got to drive it, right? I've got to put it into practice. For me to know something functions the way it's supposed to function, I've got to engage it in that function your faith is the same way well i believe god can help me in my marriage then are you praying for your marriage are you reading books over your marriage are you investing in your marriage are you rehearsing what the word of god says about marriage are you trying to live that biblically out honoring your spouse in those things well i believe in god's going to give me a better job are you showing up on time are you doing your work well are you engaging your faith on the level that it needs to be engaged or are you just praying that God gives you something and dumps it in your lap without you doing any work? Because one of those is faith and the other is the lottery. Last quote I've got for you. C.S. Lewis said this, hardship often prepares ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. When your faith is tested, it gives the ability for God to show himself faithful. Engage your faith. Just because it looks bigger than you, doesn't mean it's impossible. Simply means that you need a God who's bigger than you to help you get there. We have that. That's why we have the hope of Jesus in our world to help us get where he's called us to go. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in here today and you say, you know, there is something in my life that I just need the hope of Jesus want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we pray right now as we surrender ourselves and say, we know you are a savior. You are the one true king. You are the only hope for our situation. God, I just pray that you would give us the confidence to engage our faith to trust you in the process. God, I pray that you would help us to move forward. God, I pray that you would begin to do what only you can do, open doors that only you can open, close doors that only you can close, that you would begin to release heaven into our lives as we are faithful with what you've asked us to do. Draw us closer to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.